I think we can uh, call the uh, meeting of the Fitchburg Board of Health of Thursday, March 16th, 2023, to order. Um, this meeting is open to the public, uh, including a virtual option. Persons who wish to participate remotely at the meeting may request a remote attendance meeting link by contacting the health director at S. Curry at fitchburgma.gov. Um, if anyone wishes to speak today, uh, I would just ask that you state your name and the community you reside in approach the center table and either stand or sit. This way we can see you and hear you. Uh, you can speak only on items appearing on the agenda and for no more than two minutes. Uh, please state the petition, order, ordinance, or resolution number to which you refer. Uh, just before we start the agenda, I, I just want to say a brief thanks to a couple of members who uh, are not with us on the board anymore. Um, one is the nurse Sandy Knipe, who uh, served on the Fitchburg Board of Health for about 10 years. Um, I think that she was as fair as anyone could be, always provided sage advice, and I think was as dedicated as anyone could be to uh, the health of the uh, citizens of Fitchburg. She uh, served uh, in COVID uh, clinics. She helped to monitor patients who were ill, and she certainly provided uh, good advice to all of us on the board. So I think uh, we certainly miss having Sandy here. Um, the other person is Dottie McNamara, who actually was not on the Board of Health, but was a nurse who uh, did as much as anyone, to, again, to serve the uh, welfare of citizens of Fitchburg. She also helped to participate in and arrange in, uh, arrange for uh, COVID uh, and other clinics and to monitor pe people who uh, were suffering from various reportable diseases and were ill in Fitchburg. She helped to provide uh, protocols for injection. Uh, she was always running around uh, helping out with all the work that was necessary to uh, maintain the health of the citizens of Fitchburg. So I want to thank both uh, Sandy and Dottie for all the service that they provided to Fitchburg, and certainly we're going to miss uh, having you both uh, around and helping us out. With that, I think we can um, go to the agenda. The first uh, item on the agenda is to approve uh, uh, meeting minutes from uh, past meetings. Um, I think that we could, Ian, would you like to do them just one at a time? Or? Sure, I'll do them one at a time. Okay. Well, first then would be the, uh, taking them from earlier to later, the first would be the meeting minutes of June 2nd, 2022. Um, I skimmed through all of these meeting uh, minutes and did, Oh, um, you want to do the public forum first then? Okay. All right. And I, I see Ms. Wetchy is standing there. So, okay, we can we can do the uh, public forum first. And, and so I don't forget, we do have a uh, person on the phone. Okay. Ms. Wetchy. Uh, on the virtual. Yeah. And Jacqueline Wetchy, Fitchburg resident, speaking on agenda item number two. The fluoride added to our water is not a pure element. It is a toxic byproduct of industry, which is diluted. Most of these tons of industry waste go directly into the city's wastewater and from there pollute the environment and harm people, animals, and plants. There are many vested interests behind fluoridation, just as there have been in the past behind other environmental harms. It has taken citizen activists from Aaron Brockovich in California to the working class women living near Love Canal in New York to stand up and ask for justice from our government, and that's what I'm here to do today. It's also taken some scientists outside the mainstream, like Rachel Carson. Sometimes it just takes a woman. 
We don't need to wait decades as we did with lead paint for the damage from excess exposure to fluoride to become clear. Many sources exist for those who want it, including in toothpaste and treatments in dental offices. There is no need to medicate our entire city population with it and to let it infiltrate our environment. You also have on your agenda PFAS contamination. The F in PFAS stands for fluorine, which biodegrades to fluoride. If we continue fluoridating the water, we will not be able to determine if fluoride contamination comes from PFAS or the water supply. We need to avoid both these sources of pollution to protect not just our environment, but all those at high risk of harm from fluoride, including pregnant women, bottle-fed babies, and those with thyroid and kidney disease. You can wait until the EPA lawsuit is settled and more harm has been done, or you can be proactive and leave the choice of whether to ingest fluoride to individuals and keep it out of our environment. One of your favorite phrases from past meetings is err on the side of caution. You should do so now by supporting cessation of fluoridation of the Fitchburg and Westminster public water supply. Um, thank, thank you very much for your uh, comments. Um, it is my understanding that um, back in 1968, the Board of Health uh, voted and opted to uh, introduced fluoridation of water to the city of Fitchburg water. Uh, it was implemented, I think, in 1975. This was all, I think, brought to pass by Dr. Or Governor Volpe in 1962, who decided to place the decision regarding fluoridation of water into the hands of local boards of health. It's also my understanding, however, that the Board of Health is not empowered currently to take away fluoridation of water, even though it was the Board of Health in 1968 who um, decided to have it done. My understanding is that this is something that has to be initiated by uh, the City Council, and um, that is initiated by uh, petitions to the City Council. So I think that uh, if you, um, as you seem to be, are enthusiastic about uh, eliminating fluoridation of water uh, in Fitchburg, and, and there are arguments, reasonable ones, on both sides of that, that uh, you should submit a petition to the City Council, and uh, my understanding is that they will act from there. Um, as far as the uh, turf at Crocker Field goes, um, I will not consider myself an expert on, on the uh, chemicals that emanate from that, Certainly, turf fields are present all around this country in various institutions, and uh, I think that is something also that is somewhat controversial and uh, demands additional study. Again, I, I don't think it's up to the Board of Health to indicate that turf, artificial turf, can't be used on various fields uh, in this city, and I, I think that your uh, enthusiasm would be better directed toward the City Council uh, via petition. Thank you. Uh, any other comments? Uh, <clears throat> I'll bring in the next uh, oh, yes, person on the public forum. By phone, okay. Sorry, I don't have a name. I just have a phone number. Can you hear us? You need to unmute yourself. Caller. The caller is muted. He needs to unmute themselves. Uh, maybe they'll catch on to that. <clears throat> if they're listening through their computer, maybe you're muted. Maybe they'll hear you through the, the uh, conference app if you unmute yourself. Call it, call it. Can you hear me? I can hear it. Yeah. 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 Bad idea. 
Well, um, yep. Uh, if I may, uh, he called asking for the link. I recognize the phone number. He just wanted to get the video feed of the proceedings, asking if that was available uh, after the fact. I said yes on FATV, but he asked for the link as well just to be able to view it. All right, yep. The person who registered just cited PFAS as their explanation, didn't give a full name, and they were the only person who was registered at this time, so it appears they do not have a public comment at this time. Okay. So, and based on the, and based on what Mr. LeBlanc has said, yes, this meeting is being broadcast live on FATV, and so anyone who wishes to watch the meeting live as it happens doesn't necessarily have to request a Zoom link, just has to tune to the government stream on FATV.org, and they'll be able to watch the meeting live. So no additional comment then at this point? I guess not. All right. Um, I wonder if we should uh, perhaps take the agenda items in a little different order so that we're not keeping folks waiting. Um, if you, would that be reasonable? That's a Terrific idea, Don. Yeah. Um, so the first item is regulating the maintenance of abandoned, foreclosing, and foreclosed residential <clears throat> properties adopted May 18, 2012. Um, rescind now Chapter 137 of City Code. So as stated, uh, back in uh, May of 2012, uh, the Board of Health I believe even Ian was on the board at that time. Um, they adopted a regulation. The idea of the regulation was to, uh, uh, at the time we were having a foreclosure issue. Um, we had many, upwards of 200 foreclosures in the house, in, uh, excuse me, in the city. So um, that was the reason for the adoption of that regulation. Um, just recently the city, uh, City Council adopted uh, a new Chapter 137, uh, which addresses uh, <clears throat> the maintenance of abandoned, foreclosing, and foreclosed property, very similar to, to this regulation. However, it expands it to more commercial, to commercial properties, um, and it increases uh, annual fees. Uh, we will be setting up a, it's actually already in proce process, uh, we will be setting up an on online registry. Um, but to get to the point, um, the board will know, my suggestion is that the board rescind um, this regulation because it's no longer necessary. It is now a city ordinance. And it's going to be replaced by a new uh, ordinance? <clears throat> Correct. I'll make a motion to rescind the Board of Health order regulating the maintenance of abandoned, foreclosed, and uh, abandoned, foreclosing, and foreclosed re residential properties. That was adopted on May 18, 2012. And I'll, I'll second that. So it's unanimous. Considered rescinded. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, next would be then private well regulations adopted June 17, 2018 amend to include additional contaminants. I was going to, I'm going to save you my speech and uh, John Francois LeBlanc uh, is going to give a, he did a lot of work with this, uh, these regulations back when they were adopted in 2018 uh, and he continues to uh, keep abreast of uh, changing times and uh, we'd just like to discuss uh, the possibility of amending our five-year regulations, I don't believe it's already been five <laughs> years, um, amending our five-year-old regulations to include uh, new contaminants. Uh, but I won't steal your thunder. The, <laughs> speak, the floor is yours. So uh, as, as Steve was saying, uh, there's been some new contaminants that, that have been identified and uh, by MassDEP, especially PFAS. So now these are classified as official contaminants and uh, they're, they're being tested around the state uh, through various communities. There's 85 communities right now that are on, on a uh, fast track for testing, if you want, with MassDEP, uh, who is offering free, t free testing for, for well water throughout all those communities. Fitchburg is not one of those, but nonetheless, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be ahead of the curve. So as you probably know already, since uh, we passed this uh, regulation in 2018, the state of Massachusetts does not regulate private well water 
uh, it only has recommendations. So as a matter of fact, I don't think there's one state in the nation that has a private well regulation. It's only recommendations by the state. So we were ahead of the curve here uh, by passing the, the, these regulations to protect our, our citizenry. And the, the few recommendations I would make in modifying our current regulation uh, pertain to, uh, to, a few of them are just language, but mainly the biggest one is to add the PFAS, and this is on page seven. I don't know if you have it right there. Uh, so this is the language recommended by MassDEP. I did not uh, create this. I just simply copied and pasted it. This is what they recommend testing, and uh, they do have uh, a list of approved laboratories uh, that do the testing for these, uh, for, for PFAS and others as well. Uh, it's on their website and available to all. The testing is about $300 uh, additional, uh, but considering that MassDP considers it a, a contaminant, uh, I think it would be unwise to leave that out of our current regulation. So uh, there's already one house in Fitchburg that did test positive uh, because of the Westminster debacle, if you want, with uh, uh, Mass Natural and uh, the, the, the PFAS leaching into the ground over there and contaminating the wells. So uh, I think it would be a good thing that we, we would add this to the regulations. The other modifications, you can see them in yellow. I don't know if you have the, the page over there. Uh, I replaced the wording that said Massachusetts Certified Laboratory to MassDEP or EPA because that's what the state of Mass recommends is those specific labs and that list is available on the state's website. The other one uh, was on page six, uh, point number four. Uh, it read uh, rates below four gallons per minute and I recently had a long conversation with a well driller uh, in what that pertained to and the uh, I, I changed the wording here to suggest a pumping test with a volume of water below four gallons a minute. Uh, the reason for this is that previously it read as if we were talking about the regener regeneration rate of the well, which it is not. It's the pumping test that has to be below four, where and now we need a special permit from, from the board uh, to allow the property to continue with that specific well. So it's just to avoid confusion, clarifying the language, that's all that is. So these are the modifications I, I propose uh, to the well regulations uh, or to make them more clear and also to make them more, uh, if we want, contemporary with uh, the needs and what the state has declared contaminants in our water. Thank you. So if I may, um, I, I, I would um, propose to you folks to <clears throat> allow us to put this out to the public uh, for some feedback, uh, maybe by posting it on our webpage and uh, sending out a notice to, uh, for people uh, to take a look at it and ask for feedback. Uh, and then maybe I could bring that feedback back to a future meeting and we could discuss this again if that's a, a palatable process. I, I think it is. Um, just for some background information, these PFS, P, PFAS compounds are showing up more and more, I think. Do we, are there some major sources of that uh, in the environment? Do you, where, where are they all coming from? <laughs> Uh, it's, it's hard to tell, but um, here in, in Westminster, uh, it's essentially because of the composting facility that was there, uh, or the material that we're bringing into compost, part of it was pulp paper and whatnot, in which there were these PFAS. PFAS come from plastics, mm. and so uh, it could have been anything within that paper pulp, you know, a plastic film on, on the paper that was being processed and whatnot. And what ends up happening is over time, these, the, this material breaks down and you end up with the PFAS chemicals into the ground. Concentrations high enough can contaminate wells and therefore you drink it, then it's considered a forever chemical. It never goes away. Uh, it just gets recycled throughout and uh, is now, as we know, considered a contaminant. So therefore, it's detrimental to your health. Um, you know, I mean, you drink from a container that has PFAS, chances are it's gonna leach into the liquid that you're drinking, you drink it, you urinate it out, and it goes into the environment that way too. So it's mm -hmm. in just about every uh, treatment plant uh, around the country. Uh, it's, 
it's there to stay. So unfortunately, so we have to make sure that we don't drink it. That's the whole idea in our private wells. And, and also, from my understanding, let's let's say an individual is going to purchase a house and there's a well there. Yeah. Um, that well, I presume, gets inspected by someone looking for contaminants. Uh, is that something that's done automatically through the Board of Health, or is that something that's arranged for privately by the people buying and selling? So right now we do not, in, in the regulations, we do not uh, have any wording that says that the, uh, a representative of the health department has to be there to witness the testing. What we do have, though, is that a water test has to be supplied to this department. Uh, to verify that there's no PFAS or any, or any other, you know, contaminants that need to be treated uh, within the house that's being sold or built. So those are the current regulations. Super. Okay. okay. Thanks so much. You're welcome. And um, so I think I would agree that it would be reasonable to put this out for public comment. Uh, to see what kind of feedback we get with regard to it. We'll do. So I'll, I guess I can make a motion to table it. I'll make a motion to table the private well regulations um, until we to a future meeting until we have some public comments. And I'll I'll second that then. Perfect. <clears throat> the uh, the next item uh, is fluoride in municipal water adopted in 1975. Have we already discussed that per se then? I or? believe we have. I, um, we have. I don't know if there's anything more to add on it. Um, I don't have any additional comment. Uh, as I said, I think there are reasonable arguments on both sides of that. Um, you know, some people are adamant that it's required, other people are adamant that it's not. And um, right. I, I, I think that. Um, that is something that would require more debate. Uh, I don't think it's a decision to be made here this this afternoon. Um, I think it's something that certainly the city council should be uh, involved in, and I don't think we have the authority anyway to rescind fluoridation in, in the water. So I think that the, any uh, uh, petitions with regard to that should be sent to the city council and um, they can act on it as they see fit. That's correct. All right. Um, next then I think on the agenda is food permits. Um, establishments failing to renew food permit pursuant to 105 CMR 590.000. Um, I, I may comment on that. Um, uh, at the end of last week, we had uh, six permitted food establishments that were not, um, or non-permitted food establishments, shall I say. Uh, they were not renewing. Uh, the renewal process was done in January, um, but they were notified four times, uh, again, at the beginning of this week. Uh, and I'm happy to announce that all of them are working towards um, taking care of the permit issues. So we will not have to take a hard stance at this point. Uh, it's but, nice to hear. Yes. Uh, so hopefully we won't even have to discuss it at a future meeting. But were these all restaurants per se, though, or are there all of them? Yes. All of them restaurants per se. All right, so that's as much informational as anything at this point, I guess. Correct. Great. Um, item number four on the agenda then is Crocker Field restoration project and turf installation discussion. I, I think we briefly touched on that, but did you have something, Steve? To I did not. Uh, I know um, uh, Mr. Murray had some comments and actually was considering. Uh, um, getting involved with it. He, I believe he was the one that asked for it to be on the agenda, so I don't know if this... He, I did. He, I, I thought it would be at least something that we could discuss. Um, I think it's worthy of a discussion. Um, I know that you know some other towns in the United States who have um, dealt with turf fields, um, even here in Massachusetts, have decided to pretty much, you know, ban them from their, from their towns because of the fear that they do leach um, PFAs into the environment. 
Um, and with the, the Nashua right there, um, it's not something I want, <laughs> I want to happen. I, I can't pretend to be an expert on turf fields. Um, I, I know there's a lot of um, debate about uh, the testing that's used to test PFOAs um, and you know, how sensitive those tests are. Uh, the DEP test, you know, EPA tests, and you know, there are other tests out there too that are, that are more sensitive that'll find chemicals that some of those other tests might not find or at levels that those might not find. So I don't think there's an established safe level for these that I know of. Um, there's no safe level. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's kind of a low bar, I would think, if, if it leaches at all, um, it's adding to our, you know, current problem. Of course, I don't want to speak on this as an expert, because I'm not, and I'm not saying that we should, uh, you know, turn down Mr. Kraft's money and, <laughs> and, and not build a new field, um, but I, I do think it's worth um, investigating a little bit more. So if it's acceptable, uh, I've asked the engineers that were involved and have proposed the project uh, to come speak to us. They're willing to do that. Uh, so I could set that up uh, for an April meeting if that's uh, acceptable for, or for further discussion. Where, where would the uh, engineers be from? I mean, who, who, uh, who hires them? Or, I mean, are they from the turf company? Or are they from the city? They're actually the designers. So. Um, I, I will try to continue and, and uh, uh, see if we can get individuals representing the company that uh, manufactures the turf as well. Yeah, if, I, you know, I, I agree with Ian. This is some, certainly something worth considering, um, but it's also a huge subject. <laughs> In other words, uh, is a little bit of PFAs acceptable? How much is too much? Um, is there tr truly leaching of these substances from these fields? I mean, there, there are, I don't know how many turf fields in this country at this point. Are we going to right. advocate that they all be taken up at this point? Um, what, um, uh, it's, what, what yeah. I mean, not, <laughs> not only outdoors, but indoors, uh, they're, they're all over the place. So, um, and, and in fact, how harmful are PFAs? Uh, you know, if they're ingested, do we know that? So there, there are so many uh, facets to this uh, subject. I, I, I'm hesitant for us to, or at least for me, and maybe you feel no, the same way to make a decision way. about it because um, yeah. I don't think we have all the data. No, and I, I, I probably would like to hear from if we had any independent experts out there. You know, if there, if someone from DEP is an expert on this or, yeah. or something like that. Um, I'm, I'm sure the, yeah, the engineers are going to try to, uh, you know, assuage us that this is all good, right. um, and it might be. I'm not saying it's not going to be, right. but uh, I, I would like to look into it. And I, I think it's very reasonable to, we have to start somewhere. <laughs> so yeah. getting, getting someone who... I think doing our due diligence on it is, yeah. I think we have enough time to do that. We're not going to hold the project up if it does decide to go forward. So I think it's worth looking into. Sounds good. Well, and, and that's a, another good question. When uh, was this expected to implemented this field or is it still yeah I, I do know that the City Council approved the project uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, but I do not know uh, a start time uh, on the project so I'll see if I can get some more details on that uh, and maybe uh, um, Jeremy, Jeremy Roach from the school department could assist us with the discussion and point us uh, in the right direction on uh, the manufacturer and experts and the whole nine yards. Sounds good. <laughs> so I'll try and set that up for a future meeting. Thank you. And thanks for your comments. Um, do, since uh, I think most of the other individuals not on the board have uh, said what they had to and have left, we could probably go back to item number one on the agenda, then the approval of meeting minutes. And I, I think we were going to go from the earliest to the most the most recent and so the first would be the meeting minutes of June 2nd 2022 um, I'll make a motion to approve the uh, minutes from June 2nd 2022 uh, I, I second that I, I miss Sandy who could always pick out the, uh, <laughs> the little typos uh, but uh, I will second the motion to approve them Next one then would be September 2nd, 2022. 
Um, again, I, I would make a motion, since you've, make, you've made all the <laughs> motions today, Ann, uh, I'll make a motion to approve the meeting minutes of September 2nd, 2022. And I will second that motion. And also, I want to thank Karen for doing a good job on all of these, but particularly that one. That was not an easy one. Thank you. And then lastly is the meeting minutes of December of 2022, that meeting. Um, I didn't have any quarrels with regard to those, especially with Karen sitting at the other end of the table here. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll make a motion to approve the uh, meeting minutes of the September 2nd, 2022 meeting. And I'll, I'll second that. If I might add, the December meeting uh, does have two individuals that we haven't identified full names. Um, I've watched the video from the December meeting a couple of times, and attorney author, I cannot make out his last name. Um, I don't remember what it was either. Yeah. yeah. So we will further investigate that um, and amend that uh, when that information is available. Yeah, I remember him being here, but yeah, I, I, I do too. I, I think it may, it's clear who was speaking. Mm, yeah. We just need to get the name, but it's clear. Yeah. Okay. Then um, item number five would be the fiscal year 24 health department budget. So very quickly, um, page 25. Uh, I will kind of point out um, the budget that has been submitted. Uh, I have also met with the finance team um, on this budget, proposed budget. Um, the changes uh, I would point out uh, would be uh, the deputy director position. Uh, we have not yet hired that position. Um, we hope to get it posted very shortly. Uh, and hope to get a, that person in the uh, position before the end of the fiscal year. But uh, I've also proposed it again for FY24, so it's an assistant director position. Someone second in charge. Similar to what you do, but your assistant essentially. That is correct. Yeah. And that hasn't been posted yet, is it? It has not been posted, no. Uh, other changes as far as personal services goes, last year we proposed for a, uh, a clerk. Um, 90 or 80% of that clerk's salary uh, would be to assist with uh, grant uh, procedures. Uh, we have upwards of 10 plus grants, um, billing and reimbursements and um, help within the office staff would, would be uh, a big help. Um, we were granted that position at the beginning of the fiscal year. Um, I just plain haven't gotten to it yet, but hopefully we can get that posted in the next week or two and, and, and uh, get that position filled. So that would be the change from FY23 to FY24 before the end of the fiscal year. We're going to pressure's on. We're going to forgive you for that. <laughs> I appreciate that. I think you've that. been busy. <laughs> Uh, other changes from projected FY23 to 24, uh, we will no longer uh, be able to receive our state ARPA funds uh, to cover the homeless outreach uh, position work that uh, Sue Christensen is doing, uh, but we will continue to explore how we can support those efforts so they can, can continue on the fine work that Sue is doing. I'd also like to thank uh, uh, Representative uh, Mike Kushmerick, who got us those funds. Um, it's a one-time thing, but it, it, it made a significant difference in our uh, homeless outreach and uh, all the, all the uh, items that come along with uh, that population. Um, so we appreciate him getting the ball rolling, and there's some hot irons in the fire on how we can continue to do that for FY24. Most likely uh, opioid settlement funds, uh, which the city is already receiving, so. Excellent. Good use. Good use, yep. Um, 
Other significant changes right below that line item is the weights and measures inspector, who is also a scale master and a regional inspector. As you recall, uh, that position was posted, the weights and measures was a part-time position posted for almost two years with no or very few applicants. Um, we combine the position with a scale master and the regional inspector, which is regional inspector would be grant funded under the public health excellence grant. Um, so we posted it that way as a full-time job and we have appointed an individual, uh, Mr. Peter DeLome started uh, in January. Uh, thankfully, he started in January when our landfill uh, scale master went out with a uh, hip injury, uh, so she is having a hip replacement, so Mr. DeLome hasn't even done any weights and measures. He's been working at the scale, scale house at, at the landfill since January. Um, but hopefully, uh, when Kathy, our scale master, returns, um, um, Mr. DeLome will be able to do some weights and measures for the city. Uh, so that explains the significant difference in salary from FY23 to FY24 basically the landfill work that he's he's going to be doing mm -hmm. and we also don't have a real um, grasp on how long it takes for weights and measures uh, the state's been doing it since 2004 uh, state's done a wonderful job but but um, you know, training and trying to pick up the duties and uh, of upwards of 18 years so it's going to take us a little time to put the program together. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping to be able to fund Mr. DeLome to be able to do those items. And that's really the significant changes from FY23 to FY24 in the personal services budget. Um, if I, if, I don't know if there's any questions before what, we move on. What does longevity refer to? Longevity is uh, each, each union has a, um, uh, contract, um, so longevity, uh, I believe the inspector's union and the clerical union are entitled to uh, uh, longevity for years of service beyond five years, I believe it is. Oh, okay. um, so it's a contractual, oh, okay. not something you see in the private sector, right? <laughs> but that is slowly coming out of contracts uh, today. Mm. Um, so that's it in terms of comments on the budget? Or? On the personal services on end of it, yeah. Services. I didn't want to turn the page until oh, okay. you were comfortable with any questions or... Oh, I'm all set. I think we're both okay. <clears throat> okay, yeah. I'm going to move on to page 26, which is the health department expenses. There really is no change uh, from FY23 to 24. But I'd be glad to answer any questions on the line items. Um, the only significant difference in money is uh, the weights and measures equipment. Uh, obviously, having a new employee, we're now searching for uh, replacing all the equipment um, in the city. So uh, there'd be a big a bit of a uh, upfront expense, uh, but that was uh, projected to be spent in FY23. Um, so we have, or I'm sorry, FY22. So we've encumbered those funds to, to be able to use them to, uh, currently. So that's the kind of, uh, to explain the reduction in, in that funding, if that makes sense. And then no questions there. Well, could I ask oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Just airport land rent. Fitchburg uh, owns the airport, right? Fitchburg, um, I'm sorry. The city of Fitchburg owns the land that AKS Recycling operates on. It's actually an old landfill, which is called the Blueberry Lane Landfill. Um, it's uh, 10 plus acres. Uh, and it's right on airport land. Um, I'm not going to touch the who owns the airport. Uh, that's, that's the chicken and the egg. Uh, okay. 
But um, so the um, AKS Recycling re pays rent uh, for that, for the use of that land. Uh, they pay us monthly, us being the health department, and then uh, we we uh, transfer the funds to the airport. Uh, and it's, uh, I believe it's an FCC requirement uh, that the uh, airport must meet. So the reason it's on here is that money comes in, but then it goes out? That's yeah. correct. Okay, to the city, gotcha. All right. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you pointed that up. And then page 27. Um, these are the public health nursing. Uh, got a little creative on this sheet and um, actually tried to uh, consolidate and conserve and um, or, or looks like we were able to save about $30,000 uh, by doing this. Uh, but. As you mentioned earlier in the meeting, our public health nurse uh, retired. Um, so her salary more or less uh, disappears in FY24. Uh, but we, uh, or I'm proposing that we hire a public health nurse uh, and combine it with the current COVID response team. Uh, they are still being funded, uh, and incidentally that that team will be funded in FY24 at the tune of $240,000. So we will continue on providing those services as well as uh, we're already expanding on um, disease investigations within the Massachusetts Public Health Network. Uh, and to, to tie the whole thing in, I would propose that uh, the public health Excellence grant, which funds the Massachusetts Public Health Network, requires us to, to provide a nurse, an epidemiologist, and an inspector. Uh, so I am proposing to hire a public health nurse position once again, but make it half regional, so the region would pay for it, and thus the grant would pay for it until the grant runs out. And at that time, we the other towns would uh, most likely pay for the service or or uh, if they don't want to pay for for the service anymore, then the position could be at risk. Mm -hmm. But the uh, public health grant, excellence grant, is uh, they're pushing regionalization at the state level, so we might as well, uh, they're, they're offering $300,000 a year for upwards of 10 years, so we might as well play along and... and uh, so does the um, that COVID response unit money come from the federal government or from the state government? Or? I believe overall it is probably CDC money, um, yeah. but it's it's distributed by the state of uh, the Mass Department of Public Health. Uh, so it probably goes to the state from the CDC and then they just... That's just my best guess, yeah. yeah. But that's kind of um, the big picture. Um, we're trying to um, train folks that are already uh, making calls out there and interviewing folks for COVID for more of the communicable diseases uh, across the whole 13 community uh, network. So, so far uh, it's been receptive and Victoria and Catherine, our Catherine Hoover are running that crew, uh, Victoria being the epidemiologist and Catherine being the uh, supervisor. Mm -hmm. um, the Public Health Excellence Grant also uh, requires us to have a shared services coordinator. So I'd like to make that some sort of a, a partial position, whether it's a quarter or a half position, uh, and include it in the budget and have it covered by uh, the contact tracing grant. And it's still called that, but it's, it's, uh, it's more push for disease investigations and interviews and surveillance. Uh, but that grant, as well as uh, the Public Health Excellence Grant. So stuffing all that under one umbrella, uh, each each uh, individual within this, this nursing unit and epidemiologist unit will have a task within all the grants and they will, f those grants will fund their positions. Sounds reasonable. That's sort of a long-winded... Uh, <laughs> no, no. Great. Dance. No questions on that one? No. Uh, the last page, page 28, 
is the funding regarding um, curbside collection as well as the disposal of uh, municipal solid waste in the city. Uh, and we also have a closed landfill fund. And that closed landfill fund right now is uh, supporting the environmental efforts that will be installed shortly um, at the Blueberry Lane landfill, which AKS pays rent on. <laughs> um, they will be uh, installing some uh, monitoring devices. Or the, the proposal is into DP, DEP at the moment. Uh, once DEP, we jump through the pro process properly, um, we get approval from DEP, we'll install that uh, environmental uh, monitoring um, observation uh, equipment. Uh, and it's not as expensive as I thought it was gonna be. It's gonna probably run around $50,000 a year. So mm -hmm. um, we have already contracted with a company to do um, the, the environmental uh, assessment as well as the monitoring that needs to be done thereafter. But that landfill was a 19, closed in 1971. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully we were long past the uh, contaminants that uh, may have been resulted. But and it, you, you just can't close and ignore it. You still have to monitor it. Yes, the closing, closing a landfill is a lot different now than it is than it was in 1971. Yeah. Um, so we're going to try to meet today's standards with that closed landfill. Um, in addition, there are the, the contract fees. Uh, the contract is, the curbside contract is currently out for bid. It, it, the current contract ends at the end of this fiscal year, June 30th. Um, just today, we've uh, had our first uh, pre-contract pre meeting, I guess you'd call it. Um, there were uh, six to eight um, companies out there uh, interested, asking questions and interesting bidding on the contract. So it's a bit of a different world out there for curbside collection and, and there is some competition out there. Um, so that process will hopefully be finalized, uh, hopefully by the end of March, beginning of April. Um, my numbers that I requested for funding are sort of a guess. Uh, so on the collection end, but uh, uh, finalizing it within the next few weeks, uh, we'll have more accurate numbers. That's a substantial part of the budget, isn't it, really? Yeah. It certainly is. Is it currently waste management? Does it? Currently it is waste management, yes. And that's really all I have as far as the budget goes. That's enough. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Steve, do you need us to make a motion to approve this budget, or? That, I think, would be a okay. good idea, yep. I'll make a motion to approve the fiscal year 2024 budget as is. And I'll second that as well. Thank you, Thank Steve, you. for all that work. Yeah, a lot of work. There. Thank you, Karen, for all that work. <laughs> <laughs> and if we have a, if we have a minute, uh, if you don't mind, John, I'd like to say a, a little bit about... Uh, I think the next thing is the announcements anyway, right? I think so, yeah. Okay. Perfect. And so um, John started the meeting um, talking about Sandy, and I'd like to, I think, pretty much finish it talking about Sandy. There might be some announcements coming up. Um, so I, have, I had the pleasure and really the honor of working with Sandy for about 10 years um, on this board. Um, I don't want to be negative, uh, and I, I don't want to be political because I think we all joined this board, um, perhaps naively thinking that it was about public health and not politics. Um, but you, you can't escape politics, especially after COVID these days. Um, if there's a place to fight the cultural wars, um, they will find it. And um, the Board of Health became kind of a target of that. And unfortunately, um, after years of outstanding service and dedication to the city of Fitchburg, I believe Sandy deserved to leave on her own terms, and that is not what happened. Um, it it kind of makes you wonder, uh, you know, after 10 years of, of dedication, um, all the certifications she went to get, all the expertise that she brought into the position from her career as a nurse, um, you know, the 
the city of Fitchburg made an investment in Sandy over these last 10 years, um, getting her training, getting her up to speed um, on, in our community and the problems in our community. Um, and she used those tools um, to help the city of Fitchburg um, always. Um, she's a, more of a citizen of Fitchburg than I'd say 90% of the citizens of Fitchburg. Um, she, she took the time to drive from her home in Hubbardston um, to Fitchburg, you know, every month uh, for these meetings, but she didn't just come to these meetings. She, she volunteered. She worked at over 80 of the COVID clinics. Um, she observed and investigated um, some of our sickest constituents who are sick with um, communicable diseases, uh, very you know, dangerous communicable diseases like tuberculosis. Uh, that, in, in addition to the 80 clinics that she worked um, giving out COVID uh, vaccines, um, she put herself at risk to help the, to keep the city of Fitchburg healthy. Um, and I'm sorry, but after, after 10 years of, of doing all that, um, basically to just be let go without a, really a thank you um, is unconscionable, in my opinion. And, you know, without, I, I'm not going to name names or, or blame anybody. Um, it's just, I guess, the way things are now. Um, it's certainly not the way it was when I joined 15 years ago. Um, it's an, it's the, the new normal, as they say. Um, but we have to deal with this kind of junk. Anyway, um, I just want to thank Sandy for all her, her work that she did here. Um, I wish she was still here. I wish she was here today. I, it would have been a big help. It would have been a big help over these last couple months where we weren't able to meet because um, we, we don't have a new number, uh, member. People are not lining up um, to, uh, to replace her, and they did not line up when she took over for, you know, when she took over 10 years ago. We were very lucky to get her. Um, and like I said, the expertise she brought to this city were invaluable. Um, and we used those expertise over the course of these 10 years. We kept reappointing her despite not being from the city the whole time. Um, and it's an issue now. Um, I'm not from the city. I, I grew up here. Fitchburg will always be my hometown. I love Fitchburg, and that's why I volunteer. Um, I was a, a citizen when I um, started 15 years ago, and I was a citizen for a lot of that time. But, I, you know, I've moved to Clinton, and then I moved to Sterling. And so I am not from Fitchburg myself, but you will not find anyone that loves Fitchburg, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in the city who comes here to work every day, has, you know, spent most of their life here. Um, I love it. Um, and I'm not leaving this position until I'm forced out of it, <laughs> um, which is 2025 for anyone keeping tabs on that. But um, that's all I have to say. Uh, so thank you for your service, Sandy, if you're out there listening. Um, I really appreciate it. I know, I know John does and Steve and Karen here. We all appreciate working with you. And um, thank you for all, all of your help, and thank you for keeping Fitchburg healthy. And that's all I have to say. Well, that's, uh, thank you. That's more. extremely eloquent. And um, <clears throat> I'm glad you said those words. You're much more eloquent than I am. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think we all miss Sandy. And um, uh, maybe we'll see. Maybe it's not over. But um, uh, she. she an admirable job, and I, I don't think she's replaceable, frankly. She is not. Yeah. Agreed. Any announcements? Yes, sorry. <laughs> um, announcements. Um, announcement number one, um, we have scheduled our ward cleanups. Uh, they are to begin in April. Um, April 22nd, April 29th, and May 5th are the three dates. Uh, at present, um, we will give more details within the next coming week. Uh, we'll also advertise it on the website and various other places. But I just wanted to get the word out there that the ward cleanups, hopefully the snow will melt by April 22nd. And uh, we invite uh, folks to come out uh, to our uh, different wards uh, and help uh, clean up our streets, parks, and uh, common area places uh, so we can make the city look beautiful when the warm and hot weather comes. Um, second announcement. 
I'd just like to give a shout out to Sue Christensen and our Fitchburg Street outreach team of uh, Keith Barnaby um, and Kim French, um, as well as our community partners who work together uh, on Monday, or excuse me, yeah, Monday, uh, to put 30 unhoused individuals in a shelter uh, both Monday and Tuesday night uh, during our, our storm. Uh, we had assistance from street outreach. Uh, we also used restoration recovery, uh, which is in Fairmont Street in uh, Clegon. They helped us transport uh, over 30 individuals to Motel 6. Um, we'd like to thank the CHC Action Team on Water Street for helping us uh, stage um, all those folks uh, for a bus to, to transport. Um, we got uh, tremendous assistance from uh, the Fitchburg Police Department, uh, specifically Lieutenant Howe and Officer Savigny. Uh, they were in close contact uh, with us during the storm, uh, monitoring those that uh, refused uh, to be in a shelter. Um, Fitchburg Fire and Emergency Man Management uh, went above and beyond. Uh, Captain Haberty. Pat Haberty uh, personally delivered hot meals provided by the Salvation Army to three folks who did not want to go into the shelter during the storm. Salvation Army also cooked and delivered motels, uh, meals to the Motel 6 guest. Uh, Lynette Valentine was in contact uh, with us through the storm. Uh, she does a wonderful job at uh, the Salvation Army. Kudos to her. Uh, we also got some assistance from Smock and Lemister. They offered shelter and uh, housed a couple of peoples that uh, we couldn't reach on Monday, on Monday night. So we appreciate their collaboration. Uh, and Keith also managed the street outreach phone uh, for the duration of the storm to make sure that uh, everybody that wanted to get shelter uh, and be safe was able to do so. so I'm um, really proud of those efforts, and I couldn't wait to spread the word on those efforts. That, that's excellent. Thank you. I was going to say that's wonderful. It's hard to understand how individuals could refuse to go into shelter in a storm that was dumping two feet of snow or three feet of snow. And uh, yeah. what they did, I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> congratulations for keeping them safe. Tough individuals, that's for sure. Yeah. With. So uh, one more announcement. Uh, I'd just like to remind folks that our uh, Friday clinics are continue at the Fitchburg Public Library at uh, 610 Main Street. Um, our covering public health nurse uh, slash vaccinating co vaccination coordinator Kathy Jones uh, has been running these clinics with the assistance of transformative health care. Uh, as I mentioned, every Friday, one to five, vaccine uh, available is Pfizer, six months uh, in age and up, are welcome to visit, uh, get your boosters, get your uh, first dose if it's applicable. Uh, we encourage you to apply online and register, but you don't have to. You can walk in. Uh, make sure you bring your vaccine cards with you. One more announcement, if I actually have two more, sorry. I'll, I'll just uh, suggest to anyone who is eligible and needs the vaccine to get it. <laughs> Thank you, Doc. Save you some grief in the future. Uh, quick announcement, uh, during the ward cleanups uh, on Saturday, April 22nd, we will be holding, I think, our 13th annual, I could be wrong on that, might be more, um, prescription and drug pack take back uh, effort. Uh, we will be parked outside of the front of City Hall uh, from 10 to noon on that day. Uh, folks can bring their uh, unused and unwanted prescriptions. Uh, so uh, make sure you check your um, medicine cabinet and any uh, medications uh, that you do not use. Um, we encourage you to uh, bring them down and we'll get them properly disposed of. Uh, for you. Uh, there is no charge for this, uh, so take advantage of it. Our last event uh, was very successful. In two hours, we took 108 pounds of pills and prescriptions uh, out in front of City Hall. 
So it was uh, very successful and we'll be doing it again. We will also be collecting clean and gently used spring and summer clothing, uh, which will be distributed by uh, the Fitchburg Street Outreach Team later on in the, uh, in the year. Could I ask a question about sure that? Sure can. When you collect that sort of uh, medicine, 108 pounds that you said, I think, what, what happens, where does that go for? So it's a partnership with the Fitchburg Police. Uh, we cannot conduct it alone. Um, Detective Balliger usually helps us out with it. Uh, he is the DEA agent uh, for, the, for the city. Um, and he brings them to uh, a site, uh, I believe, um, is either Westford or Westboro, I cannot remember, I apologize, but it, uh, it is brought for incineration at that, at that facility. Um, it's, uh, it's an approved process by the DEA. Oh, super. And then the last uh, announcement is our senior safety event being held at the Fitchburg Senior Center. That is Wednesday, April 26th. Uh, and that's from 10.30 to 11.30 at the Fitchburg Senior Center, which is 14 Wallace Ave. And again, uh, this is for our uh, seniors. Uh, folks that visit the Senior Center can uh, bring their um, uh, unwanted and unused uh, prescriptions, as well as there will be remarks from Mayor Stephen DiNatale and Police Chief uh, Ernest Martineau. Uh, and we will be discussing uh, for folks and seniors how to recognize scams and how to handle uh, a potential scam. And all the information that is uh, provided, uh, the first 35 people who RSVP will provide a, a complimentary lunch. Uh, so we invite folks to RSVP as soon as possible uh, at 978-829. 1790. Again, that's April 26th from 10.30 to 11.30 at the Fitchburg Senior Center. And that completes my announcements. Thank you for allowing me to take the time to do those. No, thanks very much. Very important and valuable. Um, well, I think that concludes the agenda. And so we could have a motion to adjourn. I'll make a motion to adjourn. You have a lot of power there. I do. <laughs> I do. It's just the two of us. So. <laughs> it's a song. And I'll second the, second the motion. <laughs> <laughs>